You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Utah fans, it's time to get ready for Minor Talk with Adrian Brodus and Salmo Tats. Minor Talk is presented by the Australieta Agency, seven locations across El Paso, celebrating 24 years of serving the Sun City and Legacy Wellness Center CBD. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lube Go Studios with your host, Adrian Brodus. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. I'm Adrian Brodus, and he is Salvador Montes. UTEP defeats Bethune-Cookman FCS 37 to, actually 38-28, 10-point victory for the Miners. And for the first time since 2005, the Miners start off 2-0 to start the season. But to get to 2-0, it wasn't easy for the Miners at all. They stormed over New Mexico State last week, 30-3. This week, despite some mid-game struggles, which we'll get into on the show, UTEP was able to fend off Bethune-Cookman for a 10-point win to kick off the home slate of the year. Uh, interesting crowd. It wasn't as full as I maybe expected. Uh, a little celebrities, uh, a little celebrity love in the house. You saw Aaron Jones, Alvin Jones, Quinton Demps on the field, which was cool. The Miners, they look sluggish at points in this game. They hit a lull after they led uh, 10-0 in the second quarter. That's when you kind of saw the Miners' struggles, and they really capitalized on some lucky breaks they had in the second half. Penalties went their way. That was pretty much the story of this one. I, I would look back to a uh, a roughing the passer penalty that UTEP had in their favor in the second half. Because of that roughing the passer penalty that uh, Hardison got called for, uh, I mean, you know, he, he, Bethune Cookman got called against. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, UTEP was able to go up seventeen to seven. If they had to punt away and go three and out at that point, um, I, I think Bethune Cookman would have had a little bit more momentum. They they could have maybe even took the lead at that point. I, I don't know. It was a, it was a strange game at points. UTEP secured the victory, especially at the end. Uh, you like the the Dennis Barnes interception? That was nice. A good turnover for him. You liked some of the longer drives by UTEP. But and some of the drives, you're scratching your head. So uh, I'm going to start today with uh, with a simple question. We're two games into the season. How are you feeling as a UTEP fan right now? I've got a poll up on my own Twitter page at uh, Adrian Broadus on Twitter. Are you cautiously optimistic? Do you think it's time to go bowling if you're a UTEP fan? Are you still taking a wait-and-see approach? Or are you still not convinced? 8805763, that's the telephone number to get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Just kicking things off here on Minor Talk as uh, it's Adrian brought us here, Sal Montes across the glass. We've got a brand new Minor Talk podcast channel as well that I would like to promote to everybody. So after Minor Talk, if you don't make it throughout the whole show, you're able to subscribe to our podcast channel wherever you get your podcasts. And again, Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency, seven locations across El Paso. They've been rocking El Paso for over 24 years for home, auto, or life insurance. You can contact the Oscar Adietta Agency. All you have to do is go online, oscaradietteagency.com, and they will get you started 
right away. 880-5763, telephone number to kick things off here on the show. Sal Montes, we'll turn it to you. Great job this whole weekend. Uh, Love the podcast that we have up yesterday. Speaking of podcasts, Football Friday Night, great week two recap in the books. Uh, I love that, Sal, but let's turn the focus to UTEP tonight. What were your initial thoughts on this game? Kind of a a weird up and down one. You can kind of take the positives, but hey, the negatives were glaring at points. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's one of those glass half full, half empties, and both half. I mean, that's the way that I look at it. One of the things that stood out to me, Adrian, is um, one thing that they haven't brushed up, and we'll we'll touch more on this uh, throughout the show. But one thing that they haven't brushed up on is their punt return. I, I thought there were some um, some bad timing, some bad decisions by the punt return team, unable to uh, call for a fair catch when it's uh, more than likely necessary. That's happened. Um, that happened a bunch this game, and we also saw it a bunch last year and the year before. So I don't want to just put it on one person. I think it's kind of like a, a trait that's been developed these last four years, or just um, a bad habit that hasn't been fixed. So that's one thing that definitely stood out to me. I hear you, man. I mean, I think there were just some weird points that you looked at this game. I mean, just going into this one, UTEP was without their starting running back, Deion Hankins. They rode th- four different running backs in this one. It was Quadres Wadley who went out after the first half. We never saw any anything from Quadres in the second half, but it was mostly Ronald Awad who led the way. He had 126 on the ground. Willie Eldridge, the freshman running back. This coaching staff has been telling us for years now that they really like this. This uh, redshirt freshman tailback out of the Houston area, and he showed up in a big way. 118 on the ground for the Miners. Ray Flores. He's been playing wide receiver this entire offseason, mostly the spring. But this guy kind of plays that athlete position mm-hmm. for the minors. He could play slot receiver for you. He could come in and sub in as a wildcat quarterback. He played a little bit of tailback today as that kind of speed back, uh, change of pace, running back. Really like what we saw from the Isleta uh, High School alum in Ray Flores. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the running back groups was kind of the, the group, the position group that stood out to me offensively, at least, Sal. Yeah, definitely one. Uh, one big impact player tonight and I'm going to touch on a couple of uh, other players and we'll get back to Ray Flores but in my opinion UTEP winning tonight was due to the versatility of their impact players tonight. That happened to be Dennis Barnes who's a a multi-athlete if you will. Also Ronnie Awat. We know his story of uh, having to switch the side of the ball and then also uh, Ray Flores being versatile as well. So the three biggest impact players in my opinion coming through tonight by you know extending beyond what their task list is. I like that you bring the versatility and, and, and just kind of those impact players, um, you know, to light. I, it was one, really interesting that the w- leader from last week, Jacob Cowling, was a little quiet in today's game. You could you could put that on a shutdown corner like Bethune Cookman showed UTEP. You could put that on maybe even Gavin Hardison at points at the quarterback spot. But Jacob Cowling only two catches today, twenty three receiving yards, had a key touchdown catch. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that you'll kind of highlight as far as. Uh, you know, Jacob Cowing's performance in this one. But let's get to Gavin Hardison real quick because I, I think we saw the good and the bad. The first half, we did not see a an aggressive Gavin Hardison, kind of a passive approach that we saw from him in the early half. Uh, and then and then that uh, fumble that he had, you know, he sees you see the guy come off the edge. Willie Eldridge did not pick up the block. He, he pretty much crushes uh, Gavin Hardison. Hardison fumbles right there on the opening drive to start the second half. 
half. And then what happens? Uh, you know, Bethune Cookman scores two plays later on a shovel pass play. They cut it ten to seven at that point. That was in the third quarter, yeah. early into the second half. A little bit of worries right there if you're a UTEP fan. Um, th- those worries were, um, you know, they were kind of uh, quieted down a little bit because of that roughing the passer penalty on that next drive. Uh, you saw a nice Willie Eldridge run on the following drive. A nice Jeremiah Ballard. How about that name? Freshman wideout oh, for the Miners. 16-yard reception that uh, really helped set up this 13-play, 83-yard drive capped off by a Calvin Brownholtz one-yard rushing touchdown for the Miners. That put them up 17-7 to uh, in the third quarter. Bethune-Cookman responds right away. They had a six-play, 89-yard touchdown drive. It's 17-14 to at that point. Just a three-point game, Sal. This is an FCS yeah. opponent. A three-point game the Miners had. I-, I think they were kind of overconfident at points. They went up 10 yeah, nothing, and they eased like up. It. Yeah, they eased up on the gas, man. And, and if you're UTEP, you cannot take any team for granted. This is a program that is statistically not and historically not played FCS opponents well. We don't need to get into this again. We talked about it all week on Sports Talk. They got killed against Northern Arizona three years ago, 30-10. to 10. They squeezed past Houston Baptist mm-hmm. in 2019 for their only win of the season, 36-34. Last year, two home games against FCS opponents, two close games, 24-14 yeah. against Stephen F. Austin, 17-13 to 13 against Abilene Christian. What is it about FCS opponents and UTEP playing them way too close for comfort? I think, um, I, I mean, I don't know the exact stats for this, but I'll speak in this particular case. Just from my point of view, I think they were kind of filling themselves a little bit after a demolishing of New Mexico State. And that's awesome because it is your rival. It's another Division One or a FCS opponent win. Let me rephrase that. I know a lot of people were saying um, – Bethune Cookman is Division Two, but they're Division One. That's just right. Just uh, FBS, so we got to give them their respect in that regard. But you're feeling yourself after getting a win over an FCS team, what a team that you haven't beaten in a while. Oh, and they happen to be a rival too, and you go into this game knowing that you kind of have some leverage over them. But I mean, we heard it on Sports Talk with uh, Coach Terry Sims and uh, AD and uh, basketball coach Reggie Theus. Those guys were coming to play, and they showed it tonight. I think UTEP uh, kind of overlooked them in the slightest, uh, you know, a little bit, and you, you cannot do that when you have a a team who is not coming to El Paso to collect the check. They said this. They're coming to win the game, and they played like it. Uh, but fortunately for the Miners, they were able to turn it over. Uh, no pun intended. They were able to flip it over um, in the second half. And one note on uh, on Cowan, I don't know the stats. I can't find them here, but um, there has to have been a number of drops as well. So I think that's why his stats weren't as um, great as they were. He, all, he had a big, big drop somewhere early in the first quarter, the second quarter. So uh, they were shooting themselves in the foot with some mistakes right there. Good call, Sal. How about this? Jacob Cowan seven targets just two catches so there yeah, you go there had, just hard to hit him today there had to have been a number of drops there and some overthrows underthrows hey uh we want to hear from the listeners right now 8805763 telephone number to get into the program we'll get to mike cuviello in just a second who's on the phone lines right now we're asking fans after two games miners are two and oh how do you feel as a UTEP fan? Are you cautiously optimistic? Is this time to go bowling? Are you, are you drinking the Kool-Aid? Do you take a wait-and-see approach if you're a UTEP fan? Or are you still not convinced? After two games, Does this uh, is this still not convincing to you as a UTEP fan? Let us know right now on 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or give us a call at 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we continue 
kicking things off right with Twitter right now. Let's go to Johnny Condren. Good game, Miners. Penalties still need to be limited. Hashtag go Miners. Hashtag AWOT22. Victor Neff at Neff Poppy tweets the program. Miners should have won this by 31 or more. Defense sucked. This will not win any more games this season playing with this crappy defense. Ooh, man. And and Poppy Neff Poppy follows it up with this. Um, at, oh, no, that was actually the same tweet right there. But, hey, going back to the penalties real quick, Sal, another game, another game where UTEP racks up yeah. over 100 yards in penalties right there. Frustrating. 13 penalties for 118 yards right there. I mean, they were just fortunate that on the other side, Bethune-Cookman had 11 yeah. penalties for 86 yards. And you know what, Adrian, when um, at the end of the, the first minor talk that we had, uh, we asked everybody what they were looking for, and we also asked this to each other, and one of the things that we harped on was they have to brush up those mistakes, brush up those penalties. And what do they do? They say, hey, let's go out there and get a couple more. <laughs> so that's, oh, yeah. uh, that's something that they cannot do as the season rolls along. And interestingly enough, um, I'll, I'll, it's a two-part to this, so I'll just do the first part for now. But uh, Coach uh, Pivado, I hope I pronounce his name right. I, yeah, I, I hear, 100% right. Yep. He, he said this in the uh, the pregame interview saying how the first two games or three games is where you kind of set the tone. That That's where you set the standard. And the standard was last week against New Mexico State. That's he was right. also saying you don't get gold stars for hitting the standards. So they came out today. They didn't even meet those standards, and they were able to get more penalties than last week. So forget trying to make more plays, trying to make more impact plays, interceptions, things of that nature, which they did get. Um, but forget about all that when you have so many penalties. Let me see if I got this right. Um I'm, I'm trying to find it on the paper, but I know there was about 11 or more. When you have that kind of a number and penalties and over 100 yards, that's definitely going to hinder you as the season goes on. So it's a habit they got to break or else we find themselves in the middle of the season and they could be still doing the same thing. You're exactly right, Sal. Back-to-back games with double digits in penalties. Today, 13 penalties. Also, back-to-back games with 100-plus yards or more of penalties. That's 118 that they had today. 8805763 as we kick things off with Mike Cuviello, one of our friends of the program who wants to talk some UTEP football. Mike, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I'm not even sure I want to talk UTEP football, but yeah, that's what I called in for. I'm doing good, though. Hey, it's great to hear from you, Mike. Give us your thoughts on this game. Where do you stand right now as a minor fan? Well, I'm going to answer your question that you're kind of putting out there on Twitter. I think right now, if we were in Division FCS, I mean, we wouldn't even be a top-10 team. I mean, because this was a middling FCS team. And we struggled with this team. Um and we should have beat this team by a good 30-something points. They, they didn't even play last year. No excuse for it. You know, North Carolina, A&T beat this team by like 30-something points. And we're struggling at home. Penalty after penalty. Two weeks in a row, over 100 yards of penalties. I think we now have 25 penalties for the year. And that's against not-so-good teams. Imagine what happens when Boise State is coming down on our offensive line or when Boise State's beating our defensive backs downfield. I wish the best for UTEP, but we're not, even though the record says 2-0, we do not look good. Mm. Interesting, Mike. I want to throw this stat at you. How about this? And I, I found this one just in case we had to hit the worst panic button out, out there and UTEP would have you know, ultimately lost this one. I, I just favorited this one just to bookmark it pretty much. 
uh, East Tennessee State rolled past Vanderbilt today, 23-3. This is the sixth FCS win over an FBS opponent over the last three days. The most in a week since there were six in opening week of the 2013 season right there. So kind of an interesting stat. It seems like FBS opponents right now, or teams, are really struggling and, but, against FCS And real teams. quick, just to interject, Montana upset number 20 Washington tonight wow. as well. That's crazy. Yeah. The Grizz. The Grizz, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's a good one, Sal. So I, I get it, Mike. This was a team that was not necessarily one of those top 10 FCS teams by any means and there's no excuse right there for UTEP to struggle at points Um, I think there was a little bit of element of mystery going into this game that UTEP had they didn't really understand what um, kind of a depth chart that they would see they didn't get a depth chart at all from Bethune-Cookman so they went into this one a little uncertain about what Bethune-Cookman would really throw at them but still no excuse you went out last week and you beat New Mexico State 30 to 3 I didn't feel like that same urgency that same intensity was there tonight and once again from week to week i know it's not the offense we don't really use the running backs and a tight end when we use these guys we actually have some good results we've used our tight end and running backs maybe three times this year use the damn running backs and tight ends gavin hardison great guy cannon for an arm not a good quarterback so use things to get mm. him confidence Wow, you you're, you're ready to, to say not a good quarterback, Mike. You're ready to say Gavin Hardison is not a good quarterback. I am really much – if it wasn't for New Mexico State, he might be one of the worst starting quarterbacks in our FBS. Man, Mike. That's not a knock on Gavin. He's that, a great that, guy. How is, that not a, how is that not a knock on Gavin? You're saying he's one of the worst FBS quarterbacks in the country. Is it his fault that he's the best we have to roll out? It's not Gavin's fault. I don't know. I I, I don't know, Mike. He's a tough kid. I I like the guy. But except on that play on Cowley. Cowley had a great – I mean, it was a great touch. Cowley had a great play on it. But the other touchdown – not the Cowley, the other touchdown. But the original one that he threw, look how hard he made that play. Yeah. No, I hear you, Mike. Hey, man, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for always supporting and and tuning in. All right, brother. Y'all having a great show here, even though I was a little bit confused. And I hope UTEP gets their stuff together. I'm not a hater, but we're not looking good. All right. Mike Cuviello chime, chiming in on the show. 880-5763, telephone number if you'd like to weigh in. And if you'd like to follow up Mike's hot takes there, Sal, let's call it what it is. Mike calling Gavin Hardison a bad quarterback. I, I'm shocked. I mean, if uh, the way I see it is I'm not sold on him yet, but also he hasn't given me a big reason to just – throw it away, you know, throw in the Gavison, uh, Gavin Hardison towel. I think it's there. It's just got to find a way to unlock it, man. Tonight, just looking at the numbers uh, for Hardison, I think I lost my paper. It's somewhere in the studio, but uh, 16 passes, if I'm not mistaken, and he probably he was like 11 for 16. Can you? So he was 14 of 22 14 for of 100, 183, 183. Uh, uh, passing yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, and so I look at the completions and, and the pass yards kind of makes you say eh, but then he gets those three touchdowns and those touchdowns were when they needed those touchdowns the most because the first touchdown came at a time where I think they had already punted throughout the game and they were they were it was a fourth and goal situation so that's a do or die situation and when it mattered the most is when he came through for the minors granted it is a FBS team we know that but when it's time to get the job done tonight he was able to do that and also no interceptions yeah I'm, I'm team I'm team Hardison I'm not going to go deviate from this one right here UTEP has 
has never had continuity at the quarterback position as long as I've been covering this team. Last time you saw continuity at the quarterback position, what I mean by that is a quarterback from one year going into the offseason and he's your certified starter the next year. UTEP has not had this since Jamil Showers in the 2013-2014 season. So that's one of those things right there. When you're looking at consistency, I guess that's the one thing that you want to harp on with Gavin Hardison. Be a little bit more consistent, but he's still a younger quarterback. He's still learning a lot of different things. I'm not trying to give a lot of excuses for the kid, but I'm not ready to say he's a bad quarterback. I'm not ready to say he's one of the top quarterbacks in Conference USA, though. I think it's it's somewhere in between. And, I mean, it's a, it's a bold statement that Mike just said right there. I wouldn't have not put any of the offense's lapses in this game on Hardison. Uh, I, would, I would say it's a mixed bag of things. It was play calling. It was the offensive line, which this game, I, I felt like the offensive line was just, you, you know, it, it just kind of fell short of where, where, where we thought it was going to be. I thought the offensive line did a nice job opening up some ground game uh, for the Miners, but at times I, I just didn't think that that offense, a lot of holding penalties up front yeah. for the offensive line. Yeah, and it's hard to build some sort of a rhythm, some form of continuity when you're consistently getting pulled back because of your own mistakes. And uh, something that Mike Pettis hinted on throughout the game is they find themselves in a lot of first and 15 which turns into a second and 13 which turns into maybe another penalty within that span so it's third and longer than that but you got to stop fighting against the chains you got to get yourself ahead of those chains and um, uh, back to Gavin Hardison really quickly before we get to our next caller although the numbers don't really pop out at you when you watch this team play though you could tell that they believe in him and they want to make those plays so even if the throw might be a little bit off they're going to get it they want to make the play as much as possible. It's just just a little bit of uh, mistiming a lot of the time. Three tweets to get to, then we'll get to our pal Lou Romano. Herman Flores tweets the show, wasn't pretty, but they got the win. Either Bethune-Cookman is a really good team, or it's more of the same team from Dimmel in year four. King Eric tweets the show, first off, say hello to Sal for me. Second off, this wasn't a convincing win for me. They allowed more points to an FCS team than they did New Mexico State. Cowing was off all day, and AWOD just carried the offense. Still need to clean up all the penalties, though. That's coming from King Eric at 17. King Eric, Ryan Guzman tweets the show. I'm pretty sure people have great thoughts about the game, but boy, the TV camera work was bad tonight. That's what Ryan Guzman tweets us here on the program. 8805763 as minor talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Addy at the agency. Let's go to our pal Lou Romano. What's, up? What's going on, Lou? How are you? I love that you guys do this. A lot of times I can't pay attention to, like, every play. I always get you guys on just to – but, man, tonight you guys are way off. I mean, I, 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 I turned you guys on. If I didn't know better, I think UTEP lost. No. Well, I, I think uh, I think we had a, a grim call to kick things off. Kick things off, Lou. I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that UTEP what they did, and this is what I kind of you know what, what I was saying is UTEP handled it pretty much in the second half. They turned things around when they needed to adjust and got a big break off that roughing the passer penalty. It, after that, it was pretty much their game. They just kind of eased up on the gas a little bit at points. Yeah, y- yeah, but I mean, they won the game every time the. Bethune Cookman scored, you have answers, you know, and 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 I think you guys are getting so not just you, you guys. I mean the the callers too. First of all, what gives us our guts big enough to expect a blowout just because they're not at the same level? Well, how how far has UTEP 
FBS, FCS. How far? You guys at the bottom. You know, so, so, so that, you know, they're, they're trying to get there. I could see, you know, you know, Clemson. Hey, we should be destroying. You, you know, I mean, you'd have won the game. Last year, we'd probably lose that game. Right? You, you heard Coach Demo? Yeah, I hear you. And I'm trying to get, yeah, I'm trying to get our guys to get to the point where we need to punch them in the mouth first. UTEP has scored twice in both of these games. When's the last time that's happened? Right? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. They had way more urgency coming out of the gate, which is something they haven't had in years. So I'm with you on that, Lou. Yeah, yeah. now Northern Arizona, look, that's a pretty good team, and I'd be willing to bet that those guys could easily move up. You know, so I, I, I'm not putting a lot of stock in the FCS versus FBS. We're UTEP. You know, we're at the bottom. So for Dimmel to have two wins in a row already, you know, he had to go on the road. I know it's down the street. But he goes down there, and, and NMSU was never in that game, Adrian. No, NMSU they killed never him. Had a it was it was kill. It was a demol- It was a blowout. It was a blowout, Lou. That was okay. that game was over by half. You could have you could have uh, driven back to El Paso at halftime. That game was over. Okay, so see, so by that rationale, and I don't bind. I'm just giving you an example. By that rationale, Bethune Cookman plays NMSU. Who wins that game? Bethune Cookman. Bethune Cookman for sure. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you've been keeping up with that NMSU right. score tonight with that San Diego State game. No, I, I haven't. But the point I'm making is Bethune Cookman beats the Aggies. So the FCS FBS thing isn't holding a lot of water with me when it comes from UTEP's standpoint. Mm-hmm. These guys have to start believing. Here, look look at Cathedral High School. They scheduled Torneo. Okay. You, you, as a coach, at some point have to find a way to get your team believing they can win games. And that's exactly what Dimmel did here. I mean, they, they won the game. Those guys aren't going home saying we shouldn't have given up. You know, we should have blown those guys out. Those guys are going home saying, man, hey, we're, we're, we won. We hung 38. We scored five touchdowns tonight. That, that, that's pretty good for this program. What's going to happen at Boise, that's a different level of athlete, as you guys know. So, so I, the point I'm trying to make is we should be pretty happy with a win, you know, any way we can get them. This guy's trying to turn the program around. Now, they win five or six this year, win maybe seven or eight the next year or six or seven. Then you can start saying, man, we should be blowing away these, these lower schools. Yes, not now. Give, give, them, give them the year. You know, they, they haven't lost, you know. That, that's where I'm coming from. No, I, I totally get you, Lou. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for always uh, tuning in. I, I love to hear that as well. And, hey, I, I hear you. you it, a win's a win. If you're a UTEP uh, player right now, if you're a UTEP coach, you're riding this game and saying a win is a win. So I, I hear exactly what Lou's saying there, Sal. I, I think where the frustration lies uh, from some of the callers, though, and he makes some good points. They were able to score 38 wins the last time that happened. Good point. I can't remember that, but uh, one thing's for sure, though. I think looking ahead throughout the season, um, after you look at these stats and you see the 13 penalties and the drop passes, and you know, just a lot of times where they shot themselves in the foot, that's going to come out to harm them if they don't brush those things up. So I think that's where a lot of the frustration lies because we saw it last week, and those aspects of the game didn't really improve uh, after we saw this one. But you know, 
got a game next week. Time to brush this one out and get ready for Boise State. Uh, uh, first, okay. So first off, I don't, I'm not holding much weight in any of these uh, first three games. I feel like UTEP just on paper better than New Mexico State, better than Bethune Cookman uh, against Boise State. I, I agree with Lou. That's a that's a team that has built a program and and expects to win these these types of games in non conference play. So that's a whole dip, different kind of atmosphere. I'm looking at that New Mexico game at the end of the month in September to close out non-conference game. That's the litmus test for me. Okay. That for, for me, that's kind of, you know, a team like New Mexico that's trying to get back to some kind of winning shape. That's a team that I would put right on par with UTEP just on paper. That's where we can finally gauge uh, how, you know, how well this UTEP team has improved uh, from last year. And I think they have improved. I, I'm siding on this, you know, I'm on the UTEP football side here thinking that this team is a lot better than they were last year. They have more experience. I think that's why some of these callers have held them to a higher standard at this point. 8805763 telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. Man, a lot of tweets to get to right now. We're presented by the Oscar Addy at the agency. Leandro Valenzuela tweets the show, NMSU, one of the worst football programs in the country? Really? Big UTEP win looking much better right now. And he was probably talking about this as New Mexico State led San Diego State 10 to nothing at half. Well, the Aztecs have uh. now scored 28 unanswered points. They're leading the Aggies 28 to 10 in the fourth quarter with under three to go. Oh, man, what a turn of events oh, for the man. Aggies. That was, such a, that was such a fun ride while it lasted. But, hey. They they did some things. They made their team believe for a half. And um, as as crazy as this sounds, that's promising going into, I think, next week. They take on the New Mexico Lobos. So although, you know, Miners fans are, are Miners all the way, they're going to want to keep an eye on that game because that's a, you know, that's a triangle. Right before we get to break, I just want to make one more point about this UTEP football team. And one thing that I like, especially I like about this group, when they get punched in the mouth, when a team scores against them, just like we saw today, Gavin Hardison fumbles in the opening drive of the second half. Bethune-Cookman recovers two plays later. They score on a, on a touchdown, a shovel pass uh, from uh, Patrick to Riley, the wide receiver. It's 10-7 at that point. What happens? Uh, UTEP responds. They get a nice roughing the passer penalty that goes in their favor. Willie Eldridge has a 10-yard run. Uh, Jeremiah Ballard, 16-yard reception on a third down play. They put together this 13-play, 83-yard drive capped off by uh, Brown Holtz, one-yard rushing touchdown. They go up 17-7. to And then Bethune-Cookman, they come back. They get a touchdown drive of their own. It's 17-14 to in the third quarter. Very close game at this point. UTEP again responds. Uh, Hardison had a 52-yard pass to Tyron Smith. Welcome to the junior college transfer wideout. Man, this was really, I think, one of the candidates for the Oscar Adietta Agency drive of the game that we'll be talking about later. Ten runs on this drive. They had a third down play in, actually it was a third and goal drive, and it was a six-yard fade from uh, Gavin Hardison to Jacob Cowing that capped off this drive with a touchdown. What happens next? Dennis Barnes has an interception. He steals one against Patrick, the quarterback for Bethune-Cookman. UTEP turns around. Another touchdown pass from uh, Gavin Hardison, this time to Justin Garrett, eight yards out. They go up 31-14. to At that point, full control. UTEP
Tub could kind of rest easy. It was late enough in the game. I know Bethune-Cookman had two uh, touchdowns late in this game to make it look a little bit closer, but by the by the end of the third quarter, everybody knew who was going to win. UTEP uh, pretty much secured it at that point. Yeah, what uh, BCU did was they had to ensure that, uh, or they had to make UTEP ensure that what they were doing was going to work out all the way to the end. So even though it was a 17-point game, you know, with a couple minutes left and they're able to, you know, make it a 10-point game, um, they still put some pressure on the Miners to do what they needed to do and got to respect that. They played all the way to the end. 8805763 telephone number to get into the show. A lot of tweets to get to. Let's take our first time out of the program right now as Minor Talk continues, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. He's Sal Montes behind the glass, screening calls behind this beat. Salmo IV. That's right. Shout out to Logic Pro X. I love it. (laughs) 880-5763. That's the telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. When it comes to any type of insurance, there's only one agent that I trust. It's the Oscar Arieta Agency. I'm going to go off script here. I've been a proud customer with the Oscar Arieta Agency since I've been in college. This is real. Like, I'm not, this is no live, you know, this is no ad read. This is actually legit. Nothing crazy, not a hard process at all. I went to them. I showed them my budget, what I needed when it came to my auto insurance policy, and the Oscar Arieta Agency met my budget. They continue to help me feel safe when I'm on the road, and when it comes to Sports fans, Oscar Arieta is a big supporter of the Miners himself. He's the official insurance agent of UTEP Athletics. I just saw him today on the field. He was presenting the Hometown Hero Award and also saw him speaking to Aaron Jones on the sideline today. Love that for Oscar Arieta Agency. Take it from a locally owned insurance company like them. There's a reason they've helped thousands of El Pasoans with their insurance needs, and there's a reason they've been around for over 24 years here in El Paso. Give them a call whenever you need to talk some insurance. Insurance 915-400-6000. They'll get started on a free, no obligation policy for you or visit them online today at the oscaradiattheagency.com. 8805763, that's the telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. Got a question going up on Twitter right now and this is a poll. After two games, how do you feel as a UTEP fan? Respond below with your reasoning and these are the th- these are the four uh, options that I have on this poll right now. Are you cautiously optimistic? Do you think it's time to go bowling if you're a UTEP fan? Are you taking a wait-and-see approach? Or are you still not convinced? I'll I'll give you the numbers right now. We've had 146 votes so far. 36% of the voters say cautiously optimistic. There are 29% of you that say wait-and-see. Only 11% are drinking the Kool-Aid thinking, it's time to go bowling. What do you think about that, Sal? Where do you lie on this on this one right here? It's kind of an interesting one. Yeah, it definitely is, especially um, if you've seen this team play in different quarters, <laughs> pretty much. But I think for me, uh, it's kind of the wait and see approach. Um, be, and the reason why I say this is because we did the the article before the season started, the Minor Talk is back article, and all of us were kind of on the same page. You know, three and one after conference play, but. Things get really interesting after um, after the middle of the season. You know, you're two games in a conference play. Now you have six conference games left. And one thing that really sticks in my mind, and, you know, I hope I'm wrong. You know, this is what I'm saying. I hope I'm wrong. But statistically speaking, the Miners do not do well in afternoon games. Mm. And they have four of their last 12 games 
at a 2 p.m. kickoff or earlier. One of them, I think the last game is probably a 12 o'clock kickoff as well. So that's just something that that looms in my mind. We've woken up early for minor games and we've seen what happens. But that's in the past. We'll see if uh, they can write a new future. It's just we we really won't know what to expect until they're in the middle of conference play. Let's go to Twitter right now. A lot of tweets to get to. Jonathan Byers tweets the show, we won, but... And then he says this, not good enough with a GIF. Also tweeting the program is Josh at Josh 26630325. Penalties is still killing us. Bad officiating on certain plays that should have never been called. Yeah, I'm with you, Josh. Over 100 yards of penalties again. Over 10 penalties for the Miners uh, tonight. Herman Flores tweets the show, Boise State will be the real test. They're a good team who should have won at UCF this week. Herman, I disagree. I think you uh, Boise State is going to come into this one against UTEP fired up. Like they are almost in a desperate win mode after uh, that colossal failure in the loss against UCF. I get it. They they were battle tested. UCF's not a, a no you know no team that you can just shrug off. But Boise State, man, Bachmeyer as the quarterback, that guy is a veteran. This team would want to win, especially at you know in their home opener. That's a big thing for them. Also tweeting the program is Jaime Mendez. The defense needs work. Mm. Yeah, defensively, the Miners today, they allowed 327 yards of total offense for Bethune-Cookman. Kind of a struggling defense tonight if you're really looking at it. 915 Sun City tweets the show, let's go boys, another 2 a.m. show tonight. Let's go till the sun rises. How, how do you feel about that, Sal? Let's do it all the way until it becomes a pregame for Boise State. How about that? <laughs> I like that. Send us an air mattress, please. Patrick Ariella tweets us, we'll see how UTEP does against Boise State, but they better get their act together. PDQ. Because collecting a suitcase full of penalties is not going to help. If they can even look respectable against Boise State, then I'll be upgraded to cautiously optimistic Maybe. That's what Patrick Ariola tweets us here on the show. Also tweeting us is Josh. He, he follows up with, I'm not too confident yet. I'll be a little bit more confident when they can clean up penalties and hang with Boise State. Boise State is going to be the true test. I still don't think so, Sal. I think we're talking about two different leagues right there. I think we're talking about, I mean, a perennial top 60 team in conference, uh, not in conference USA, in college football when you're talking about Boise State. I mean, they're a team that is yeah. expected to go to a bowl year after year. Uh, how are you How are you expecting UTEP to hang in with that team on Friday? I think the hope is there. You hope that UTEP can try to hang in with this team right there. But, man, that Boise State team puts up a lot of points. They like to pass a lot, which has been kind of a problem early on for the Miners, giving up some big pass plays in the secondary. Uh, d- offensively, let's see how UTEP can move the ball on the road in, in a territory like Boise State. And on, on a little bit of a quicker turnaround, it's a Friday game, Friday kickoff, so that means yeah. they'll be having practice tomorrow. Exactly. They're going to be right back at you. I, I guess the only positive is you put this game behind you and you already look forward to next week. But I can't really gauge or, or uh, put the season on this game as well. Two different leagues and the league that I'm focused on the most is Conference USA. These are the games that matter to me. Are they going to be able to get it done against Southern Miss October 9th? That one's on the road in Hattiesburg. I have them taking on uh, Louisiana or getting the upset over La Tech. But that's going to be a big game as well. Then you go against your conference rival, UTSA, November 6th. Also, you're going to have a pivotal game against Rice. That one, senior day here in El Paso. But 
the biggest test, in my opinion, is going to be another Friday game, November 26th, against UAB. Where are they going to be at in that season? Are they going to be five and, well, what would it be, five and six? Are they going to need that game to be bowl eligible? This is what matters to me the most. These are the games that stand out. So, Oh, we'll you're, lo- you're looking far ahead. I like this, Sal, because I, I think we're on the same page when we all, like, uh, you – me, Steve, we've all we all picked UTEP to go three and one in non-conference play. Mm-hmm. We expect their only non-conference loss to be next week against Boise State, and for them to take on you know and and handle New Mexico. But you're looking beyond that. You you want to l- look at Conference USA, which hey, historically UTEP has struggled in Conference USA. I don't even want to bring up that conference record. I think they've only beaten one conference Rice. opponent. Yes, in <laughs> Rice in 2018 when they mm-hmm. snapped that 20 game losing streak. That's the only. Uh, Conference USA game they've won under uh, head coach Dana Dimmel, and and you know you hope that they could shrug off uh, the inconsistencies. Last year is a is a throwaway. Let's let's really you know hey. Last year, they weren't able to play a home conference USA game. So this year will be completely different. They'll take on Old Dominion, who didn't play last year, but looked okay in their, you know, first game of the year. But hey, it's it's kind of a wait and see for conference USA. I'm here. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Alexa D tweets the show. It's always nice being 2-0, but once UTEP gets that signature win, then we'll be excited for a special season. I feel like the Miners haven't been tested yet with a quality opponent as of now. I think we're happy. Hmm. Interesting She's one. She's right. I mean, you've had New Mexico State to start the season and then Bethune-Cookman. So... The game she's talking about is going to be this one coming up. That's their first uh, real test against a major team. I, I guess major when you look at this schedule, but in the grand scheme of things, Boise State still in the Mountain West, but nonetheless, they're a respected name in college football. And if you're able to put up a fight against Boise State, let alone win the game, they're going to know your name. I'm with you on that one. I really like this tweet, this next tweet by Steve on Wrestler. I'll take it, but I ain't bragging about it. The defense looks light years better, though. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, I like the first line. I, I'll take it, but I ain't bragging about it. <laughs> I think that's that's exactly how uh, a lot of minor fans feel. Hey, Sal, going to just going to big plays on this defense because I, we've heard yeah. conflicting things. You know, Steve on wrestlers positive about the defense. We heard, uh, you know, earlier people calling this defense bad today. Um, I, I think it's up and down. I think it was inconsistent today. At times, we saw this defense really come through. Um, we first saw a, an early, um, what was it, a muff punt yeah. that they, they they fell on. You can really credit that to special teams, not necessarily the defense. But the Dennis Barnes interception was big. Um, there were some early drives in the first half that you really hung your hat on. If you were the defense, they stalled a lot of those, um, you know, those Bethune Cookman drives for sure. Bethune Cookman had only seventy nine yards of total offense in the first half yeah they finished the game with 327 so in the second half they were really able to get those big plays and again I, I go back to this stat big plays on passing it's a gain of 15 plus rushing it's a gain of 10 plus in this game in the second half only Sal how about this in the second half only Bethune Cookman comes out with five big plays against UTEP. So they're able to capitalize yeah. on these bigger plays against the defense. And uh, that's pretty much the story on how they got, you know, started with some of those scoring drives. Yeah. And how about this, Adrian? The game was pretty much even when you, when you take away the first half. The Miners able to get it done on the defensive side of things in the first two quarters. But take away those 10 points and you look at the final score. It's a tie, basically. It was a back and forth game between these two teams. So I want to say what 
uh, Bethune-Cookman did tonight was they were able to figure out what to do as time went on, and the Miners were able to get some big plays of their own in the second half as well. So kind of just those two things really stick out to me the most, but the Miners capitalizing on that muff punt. And also you look at Bethune-Cookman capitalizing on that um, on that turnover yeah, early the, in, the, exactly. in the second half. Yeah, the forced fumble that they had against Gavin Hardison, exactly. You, uh, Utah, by the way, had 14 big plays. So, hey, I mean, still, uh, you got to give all the credit to that offense. They capitalized on big plays, too. Uh, it's not like it was just Bethune-Cookman on here. And, and hey, UTEP came out with the victory. I think that's the moral of the, of the story on this, that at the end of the day, a win is a win. I like what Steve Von Ressler says again. I'll take it, but I ain't bragging about it. That, that's got to be tattooed on my forehead after the end of this one right here. <laughs> you, I like it. You know what, Adrian? We're talking about the UTEP defense, but really quick on the uh, Wildcat defense. How about Sutherland tonight? 13 tackles, a sack to his credit as well. This guy was all over the field, so a big, big reason why the Miners were having trouble. Yeah, good. good. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him. Man, 13 total tackles and a sack. Good good stat line right there. 880-5763, telephone number to get into the program. Jesse Gomez tweets the show. A hundred yards in penalties? Can't have that. We played two teams that have played that haven't played in a year. The real test hasn't come by yet. I'm with you, Jesse. I don't think it's next week. I think it's two weeks from now against New Mexico. This one, uh, Herman Flores. Come on, man. They're an FCS team. Zay at UTEP Zay. Great follow, by the way. It wasn't pretty, but 2-0 is 2-0. Hey, Zay, you're right. Um, and UTEP right now, 2-0 for the first time since 2005. That's a big thing right there. Uh, also tweeting the show, Chris Chris Banks tweets the program, 2-0 feels good, and it is the start that we all expected. Bethune-Cookman was better than NMSU, but what we need is to clean up these terrible penalties. Offense came up short at times, which was disappointing. Defense played well in the first half, but gave up some big plays in the second. Hey, Chris, I think Chris uh, sums it up defensively right there. Played okay in the second half. In the sec- I mean, in the first half, in the second half, the defense really gave up some big plays. Uh, Pinky tweets the program as a former. Oh, I love this. I love this by Pinky. I know Augustine, who's calling in the program, he's going to love this one too. As a former high school quarterback, I would give anything to see uh, Gavin Hard to be in Gavin Hardison's shoes. Quarterback for my home team. Yes, it wasn't a pretty win, but give credit to a worthy opponent. 2-0 on the season is great. Dimmel need to quit calling offensive plays. Let the offensive coordinator do his job. Sal, you the man. He gives you a big shout-out on that. I didn't know Pinky was a quarterback. How about that, Sal? Oh, man, he's the quarterback throwing touchdowns all night with those calls and the tweets as well. Shout-out to Pinky and um, also want to give a shout-out to uh, his Socorro Bulldogs. A tough, tough fight. Uh, yesterday against Isleta, I think it was 35-34. I know it was a one-point game. Isleta came out on top, but Socorro doing big things, man. They're they're almost there. They're almost at that winning spot. I hear you, man. Let's go to Augustine. Let's bring him on the program. Augustine, what's happening, man? Hey, Adrian. Good uh, good morning, actually. And good, good morning. morning. Good, we've uh, never heard good morning from you, Augustine. Hey, hey, well, uh, you know, it's 12.21. I just noticed on the clock, and uh, minor talk is still going strong. And uh, that's that's good to hear. That's awesome to hear. Just, I like to say, you know, and I know everybody's cautiously optimistic, as you put it. At the same time, we, you know, it's the food cookman or whatever you call it. It's it's the SWSWAC or whatever the, that conference is. And I know everybody's saying the talent and all this. 
got to get better. These two games, you know, they have to win by big margins. They did on that first one. This one, they, you know, that second half, they really strike out big time on the defensive side. Just, it just, you know, these roller coaster kind of games where you don't see the consistency from one week to another with subpar competition. That's where, you know, that's where everybody's really worried about playing against the bigger schools. Now, hang on here, Augustine. I, I, I need your I need your opinion on this. So, what happens next week? Well, UTEP, Boise State. What happens? Uh, Miners lose most probably, but the thing is, that's where they really have, they really need to show their true colors. See if they really come out, not just play, but really compete. I mean, mm-hmm. make it to the at least make make it competitive. Don't if it's a blowout, you know we're all expecting the same thing from from this game that. At least it's not a blowout. And they have to not just go on the field and play. They have to be competitive in order to win, you know, those minor fans that don't, that, that don't uh, really trust uh, the minor football team, you know. And, and, and that, I think, is the biggest deal breaker of all. If they just come out and play or they really come out and compete. I hear that, you. That's... That, that, that second half was I was listening on it, you know, and, and just and you know, you, you as a you know a Division One school shouldn't be having problem with Bethune Cookman. I mean, come on, Augustine. Here's my last one to you: Is it safe to say you are still not convinced with UTEP football? I don't think anybody's convinced with UTEP football. Okay. All right, Augustine. Appreciate you weighing in on the show. 8805763 if you'd like to follow that one up. Great tweet by UTEP Zay. <laughs> this is UTEP Zay. I'm I'm sorry, Augustine. You've got a mortal enemy right now. He's he tweets the show. Augustine is my mortal enemy. This is UTEP Zay. <laughs> what is that? I love Man, our <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, Augustine, uh, interesting phone call as always. Uh, he's o- I always appreciate Augustine stirring up the pot here on the program. That's, that's what I always appreciate about him. Leo underscore minor fan tweets the show. We're live. Home opener. Uh, what is this? What is his actual one? No, no, no. He switched it already. Boise State Friday night. That is his new Twitter name. That All is right. Leo underscore minor fan's new Twitter name. He tweets the show. I'm somewhere between wait and see and still not convinced after tonight. There was the good, but I felt more of the bad. I just hope it was the team not getting up for the game. The penalties need to be cleaned up. No excuses. They have been happening for far too long now, but they'll end up losing to better teams. Even with all of that, they still came out with a win. Hashtag Free Willie is going to be fun to watch. Free Willie, we got a hashtag Sal. Free Willie Eldridge, he is in the he's in the mix on the ground for UTEP. Leo is onto something. Free Willie, I like that. This guy, what what did he have? One hundred thirty something, one hundred forty something yards. Definitely showed out tonight. And this is the depth that um, the miners were looking for all along. I mean, you have you start running back Deion Hankins out, but you have a pair a pair of running backs go for 100-plus in Watt and Willie Eldridge. And then you also have the next guy down the list, you know, shows his versatility, that being Ray Flores. So the minors only going to get better through the running back spot, in my opinion. So, yeah, hashtag Free Willie. 
Willie Eldridge today, 118 on the ground. Really nice day. 14 carries. Really, a pre, uh, you know, I really liked how he was very patient really on, in the running game. <laughs> there you go. Willie liked it. <laughs> that's that's great. Sal, you're the man at, at all these. <laughs> uh, Adrian Michael Esparza tweets the show. We want Bama. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Joe John Senior tweets the program. Minor talk hashtag. I've got faith. Connor Denhart tweets the show. Still not convinced. UTEP can be competitive in Conference USA. Got to keep in mind that NMSU and Bethune-Cookman are the easiest wins on the schedule. Every team is tougher going forward. Hey, he's he's, he's totally wrong. right. He's 100% yeah. right on that one. Uh, another tweet to get to, Joe Chacon. Man, it's taken us this long to get to a Joe Chacon tweet. Come on, so far, so good. We step it up next week and pull off the upset, and people will be jumping on the train. Hashtag repping from Cali. Hashtag Brock is my OG. Interesting one there. You, you know what's crazy, man? Um, uh, and I want to get to uh, Leo underscore Miners fan really quickly. You know how he changes his um, his name uh, you know, depending on what's going on, it could be a big Utah women's basketball game, volleyball, and he already has his as uh, Boise State Friday night. Well, when I was filtering some tweets earlier today, I found uh, the name Beat UTEP September 10th. So I think those two are going to be going at it on Twitter. That's at Boise Blue 1905. Ooh. And in the bio, Boise State alumnus, junkie, and also troll whisperer. So I. We might get some tweets from this guy. So, we'll so you're saying there are other people just like Leo underscore minor fans across the board. They're just passionate about the orange and blue. That's all. I like it. Patrick Ariola tweets the program. Uh, we'll see how UTEP does against Boise State. If they can even look respectable against Boise, then I'll upgrade ca- to cautiously optimistic. Another tweet to get to. Steve Ressler tweets the program. Um, he says, go bowling. Woo. He's the only one who's, who's sticking the, the flag and saying, hey, go in bowling right now. Joe Chacon follows it up with, what's wrong with you all? We made mistakes and won. Look at the bright side. We have a huge game on Friday, and going 2-0 and means the world to these players. Get behind the miners or get ready to be steamrolled. Hashtag right. minor talk. Hashtag repping from Cali. Hashtag Brock is my OG. I like it. I love it. Pre, uh, Paul Reynoso tweets the program, a win is a win. 2-0 start to the season and a 3-1 record going into Conference USA is possible. But if we want to compete in Conference, we have to improve our passing game and cut down the penalties. Um, <laughs> and then Joe Chacon follows it up with, no love tonight on the tweets. Where's the love, fellas? Going to make some heads turn Friday. We got this. Hashtag minor talk. Turn, hashtag turning the corner finally. I'm sorry, Joe. We did not. I did not filter we didn't see these right until now. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna do that the rest of the way. Don't worry about it. We got you. Hey, eight eight zero five seven six three telephone number to get into the program. Also appreciate uh, Joe Rod sending us some audio of Dana Dimmel, which I'm I'm curious to listen to. We heard Dana Dimmel talk in the post game. He was a uh, you know I, I found it really interesting that he got after Gavin Hardison after the end of the first half and kind of uh, you know challenged him in a way. And he said in the nice you know in, in the Dana Dimmel nice terms of saying, hey, he got after him. That's a great relationship he has. That's the high standard he sets for Gavin Hardison, that he wants him to achieve all these different things. So I get it. And I, I, I like that. I think that's a really cool thing that you have a head coach who cares that much and, and brings that intensity in the at the end, you know, at the halftime and kind of wants to make those adjustments with Gavin Hardison. 
Um, yeah. I like the Hardison adjustments in the second half. I, you know, the fumble was difficult. The two sacks were tough. But I, I think ultimately, Gavin Hardison, I'm still not giving him, you know, I'm still not writing him off. We had, you know, my calls earlier saying he's a terrible, you know, he's a bad quarterback, that he's not a good FBS quarterback. I'm not going that route at all. It would take a lot for me to get to that point. I mean, this is a guy who rose to the occasion when it mattered the most in this game. You look at his first touchdown to Thompson, it was a fourth and goal. So there's literally no room for failure right there. And then uh, they need some touchdowns later on in the game. And he also gets it to the two best weapons um, that he has out there in uh, Cowan and Garrett. So he did his job when it mattered the most. That's right. That, it's all that ma- really matters right there. Also, the play calling. you got to look at just the different play uh, calling that we saw tonight. We saw a ton of running plays being called. In fact, 50 times the Miners rushed uh, the ball tonight compared to just 22 passes for Gavin Hardison through the air. So uh, you just kind of, you know, you, you look at the balance right there. UTEP is a run-first team. Even without the running back, Deion Hankins, they will be a run-first team. That's what we learned from this group today. They will ride Ronnie Awad. They will lean on Willie Eldridge, who hasn't had much experience under his belt. They'll even go to Ray Flores, who is a wide receiver running back. He kind of is that athlete. Plays, he's a do-it-all guy on offense, plays a slot receiver. He even played some Wildcat quarterback today. They will look at all, you know, kind of a running back by committee while Hankins is out. Uh, and, and this isn't breaking news. Hankins is probably not going to play f- against Boise State. I'm just going to say it right there. You're probably looking at Hankins trying to give it a go against New Mexico, but still this injury is looming. We have no clue uh, the official word on what this injury really is for Deion Hankins. Also not sure about any of the other injuries that we may have saw today. I know that Wadley went out of the first half. They said it was more precautionary than anything, but still you're looking at these different injuries. Kelton Moss unavailable today. I expect him to be back in the lineup uh, for Boise State. UTEP, you know, at that running back position, they have depth. That's what they can lean on. They can lean on the running back by committee uh, and this is a run first team that's one of the things that we learned about this game uh, this team uh, from today Boise State I would expect them to expect UTEP to run as much as possible against the Broncos yeah and uh, let's say that that Boise State defense does bite on some of those we know Hardison has the arm to complete those but when I look at um, basically the stats and um, I mean there's some standout players you have Awad and uh, Elridge but when I kind of just look at it all over, so many guys pitched in, and this was uh, not to be cliche, but here it goes. Um, it was a real UTEP Miners win. I mean, they literally needed production from just about everybody to get this win, um, you know, in the end. So you have Cowan getting a touchdown, but he only has two catches. He still gets it done when it matters the most. Garrett, you're a leader with five receptions, but the leading receiver is Smith with 76 yards. I mean, just so many guys filling in in different ways. And also, um, Jeremiah Bass. Ballard. I mean, we mentioned that that uh, catch yeah. that he had, but how about the presence of mine on the uh, on that pooch kick to go ahead and get a fair catch when the miners had been struggling all season long and even last year in the return game, whether it be kickoff or a punt return. So shout out to him as well, him making the right play in that spot of the game. So different guys doing different things when it mattered. Defense, again, kind of an up-and-down game. I think we'll just leave it at that. I, I really don't think there's much to say more than 
it was a little inconsistent defensively when it mattered. They they clamped down, um, you know, on defense. Second half was definitely shaky. First half was strong, a stout defense, just like we saw against New Mexico State. They didn't really translate that into the second half, and we'll just say it like that. Uh, here are some other stats to kind of look at for this game. Third down conversions starting to be a problem for UTEP. It wasn't good last week. It was three of twelve. They mm-hmm. were three of twelve tonight. Two for eleven. On third down conversions. Yeah, and the first one didn't even come in until the third quarter. Oh, man, Sal. Good yeah. stat right there. And then fourth down conversions, minors are one and two. So I, I, I get it. They they capitalized on all the red zone chances that they had in this game. That was a big plus for UTEP. Um, when, when you're talking about those third down conversions, though, they're getting all their production from first and second down. When third down comes, that's a little bit of a worry for me once UTEP takes on more quality opponents. I think that's just something that we have to note moving forward. Uh, 8805763, telephone number to get into the program. Two good tweets from King Eric, our friend, who says, Number one, are we going to ignore the fact that the UTSA beat Illinois today? No, we are not. UTSA with a statement victory over Big Ten Illinois. They they took home $1.1 million to beat Illinois today, 37-30. to How about that? Taking a money game on yeah. the road. And the Roadrunners, uh, man, Sincere McCormick, Frank Harris, <laughs> that team is tough. Oh, man, how great is it to hear that name again, Sincere McCormick, and it not be against UTEP. That's amazing. This is a guy who's one of the uh, the best running backs in Conference USA, and he's been that since he's been in the league. Uh, but this UTSA team made their fans so mad that uh, they were adding the Illini on Twitter and uh, just going ballistic. Like, how can you how can you lose to UTSA? It got so bad. Somebody confused them with UTEP, and they had to do corrections. Of, you know, just a little bit of humor in there. But nonetheless, though, shout out to um, to UTSA for the win. La Tech almost getting that win. What they, happened? Let's be real. They dropped that one. They they choked it away in the end. I think 21 points by Mississippi State in the end. Yeah. And um, there was another win over a... a well, how about conference. Rice hanging in with Arkansas? Rice with Arkansas, half. but Charlotte with the win oh, yeah, over Duke. Duke. Yeah. Big, big upset yesterday. How about that? Mm. Charlotte 49ers, Chris Reynolds, the quarterback. This wait, Let's let's just say it right now, Sal. Let's, let's stick our, our flag in right let's now. Let's go. This is a good conference. Conference USA is better. It's no, better. Yeah. It's it's way better than before, and and I can't even laugh anymore. I'm you. I used to you know crap on this conference all night long and, and think that this conference is not good. This is not the case this year. Football wise, this conference is actually showing up. Marshall murdered Navy today. Marshall, I mean, there we they, go, they yeah. rolled over. It was a blowout. And then Rice, like we were talking about right now, Rice, who is a traditionally bad program. Let's just call it what it is. Rice hung in with Arkansas and the you know the Razorbacks come back you know they come from behind and they win that game but they had him beat for three quarters just like King Eric tweets us are we also going to ignore the fact that Rice had Arkansas beat for three quarters yeah, we mentioned uh, Charlotte what is their mascot again the 49ers that that uh, sound bit is amazing, Sal. How did you do that that fast? Uh, I had it in the hotkeys. That bank. is amazing. This never leaves <laughs> just because you never know when you need it. That's true. We probably won't touch it for another two years. Or another two months. That's right. If UTEP plays them in the Conference USA Championship, I'm they don't play in. them this year. I need it in my veins right now. 
I'm going for the team with the pickaxe to win. I love it. 880-5763. Telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. Let's take a t- another time out right now. When we come back, more phone calls, more tweets. We'll recap this one. We'll give out some awards as well later on in the program as Minor Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, before we continue here on Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency and Legacy Wellness, it's time to welcome on some of our friends. I mean, we talk a lot about CBD here on our show, and uh, Legacy Wellness is stopping by, the sponsor of our Golden Nugget Award for every UTEP football game. We're also joined by a special guest. It's Young Jin, founder of Elevar Wellness and Phoenix. Great products for CBDs, and you can actually find their products at Legacy Wellness Center. 120 East Red Road. We've got Edgar, one of the owners of Legacy Wellness, here with us as well. Guys, thank you so much. First starting with you, Edgar, and then with you, Young Jin. Thank you guys so much for being here uh, and stopping by the studio right before we get uh, kicking off with Bacon Fest, which is uh, coming tomorrow. It's going to be a wild party out there and wet and wild, obviously. All the people going in for... Plus, I mean, just the word bacon. That's that's enough said. (laughs) Young Jin, you're not from El Paso. That's a cool thing. You actually flew in for this event itself. Thank you so much for coming by. This is so cool that you're stopping by for this. Yeah, I, I, I love El Paso. I love the energy here. I love the people here. Thank you so much for having us here and uh, giving us a platform to really talk about CBD, the benefits that it can provide for people, and how important it is to uh, you know read on quality and what it can do for you. So, again, thank you so much, and uh, you already had me at Bacon. I love that. I think I think when we say bacon on the show, uh, and and it's funny. Some people are still telling us, "Wow, we're having a bacon festival here in El Paso." It's so cool, Young Jin, because it, when Correct. you get to get all these different kind of flavors in bacon, and just kind of see all the food trucks that'll be out there tomorrow. That's what's going to be so fun. And you guys will actually be at the merch booth, uh, selling some cool T-shirts for uh, Bacon Fest, but also selling your great products that you guys have at Legacy Wellness. Exactly, and and like you said, a lot of people really didn't know about this bacon fest i actually been to one of them years ago it was great all the bacon infused things like ice cream chocolates you name it uh but a lot of people have forgotten that we had bacon fest before and then you know take bringing it back is such a great way to to go by the this year which has been again horrible for everyone right and so this is a great opportunity for everyone to enjoy themselves back again and of course we will be there uh selling our products too which will enhance the actual <laughs> experience of bacon fest believe it or not that's what we're going to talk about it right now in a few minutes oh yeah, yeah most yeah. definitely and, and young jin let me set this up for you because i think this is great you come here with your great products from phoenix and elevar wellness uh you you advocate for health and wellness for CBD. I mean, just talk about how you got started in this industry and kind of kind of the educational elements that you're hoping to bring to people while you're here. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, my background is from the uh, the cannabis side, you know, so obviously I, I flew here from Los Angeles. And so, you know, I've, I have a background in growing, cloning and in extraction. And so I understand the whole process in terms of seed to sale uh, of how important it is to analyze quality, knowing where the product is coming from, what are the growing standards, is it being grown ethically. And so, you know, I've had a beautiful opportunity to be able to work in a couple startups where I got to wear multiple hats, I got to see all angles of how the plant is being used, and also being at kind of the forefront of looking at the plant and knowing, hey, look, it's not just uh, about getting high, right? 
uh, that's just one aspect of that plant. Uh, the cannabis plant, you know, obviously it's, it's a hemp plant. So hemp plant is any cannabis plant that's uh, under 0.3% Delta 9-THC. Uh, has so many other uh, amazing health beneficial cannabinoids like CBD, right? CBD is one of them, but there's also numerous others like CBG, CBN. There's other health properties that it brings, and it's not just that, but the full plant in itself also has things called terpenes, those are the essential oils. And so those all work in a synergistic effect. It's called the entourage effect, and it gives an opportunity for people to use a healthier, organic alternative to what the you know, the mainstream uh, 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 kind of solution is what? Opiates, pharmaceuticals, and you know, we, we've seen what it's done uh, to so many people uh, in the US and around the world. Um, addiction, killing your livers, your kidneys, uh, less quality of life, right? Essentially becoming a zombie just to eliminate this pain. And we finally have something that is literally being grown from the soil all natural, right? And obviously you wanna make sure that you're getting something that's grown properly because just because it says CBD on it doesn't mean it's just good, right? You gotta make sure it's being grown organically, it's being grown properly, it's being lab tested. You wanna ensure there's no pesticides, heavy metals, residual solvents, mycotoxins, which are mold obviously in all any of the flower products, right? And so this is Correct. a beautiful opportunity and I love the fact that more people are being more open to it um, because obviously what the status quo is right now is not acceptable, right? People wanna have a better quality of life. Because our mission is so that if you are healthier, you're going to be happier. And if you're happier, you're going to have more energy to do the things that you want to do. And so, you know, I'm always excited every single day with the developments and the new cannabinoids that are coming out. And again, you know, thank you so much for having me here. And I'm sure for you, Edgar, you'd echo a lot of those sentiments for Legacy Wellness, which houses a lot of Phoenix and Elevar Wellness products. Uh, your big mission is to also educate customers about the benefits that hemp, CBD, cannabis uh, products and the cannabinoids, the different cannabinoids that we're talking about right now can have uh, the way uh, it started, obviously, it's uh, as an actual user of, of cannabis, of, of CBD. Uh, it's a family-owned business. So my uncle, which is the other uh, partner here at Legacy Wellness, uh, he started using it to to basically try to do an alternative to what he was going through with some uh, back issues, uh, disc dislocations and things like that, a sciatica pain. Uh, me, myself, obviously... Uh, being younger, I knew the, the world of cannabis too uh, before, but but that didn't necessarily meant that I wanted to do this for for a living, right? Uh, but then uh, later on, I I started you know educating myself. That's how I I thought first. I thought it was you know just weed, like everyone says, right? It's just weed, and you get high. Well, no, that's that's just the 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 mainstream part of, of the cannabis industry. Uh, but in reality, when you get into it, you see that there's so much science behind. It, that we're and we're so uh, far behind here in the U.S. that we need to do more research on this stuff because it does uh, have so many good things, so many benefits that may may be acquired through this plant. And like like Jean said, there's just so many things, so many cannabinoids as they're called, not just CBD. CBD will be the biggest one, obviously, and and it's in the plant is the biggest uh, compound. But uh, there's also the CBG, the CBN, the CBC, THCV, Delta A, Delta Nine, you name it. There's so many, and so um, for me to too, uh, I actually did have a lot of sciatica problems. Uh, believe it or not, I'm, I'm young, but when I was in college, I, I had so much trouble even getting getting up from the couch because of the shooting pains. But you know, uh, be, being using this 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 type type of uh, uh, products, all this the industry has to offer. 
has really given me uh, a huge lift personally on on that on that side and then also not to name a, a a few but anxiety it means everything nowadays anxiety is just from everything from not eating correctly to overeating to not sleeping to feeling uh pain uh chest pain to having sweating hands uh, overthinking stuff bad temper throughout the day anxiety it's everywhere and everyone has it in some form or, or another and you know just Trying out different products has really make you realize how much anxiety you really have throughout your life because uh, uh, you, you start feeling differently. And that that's the, the beauty of this product. Everyone will react differently, will, 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 will have uh, different benefits uh, that they might discover uh, later on. And that's what I what I wanted to do. That's when I realized uh, when when my uncle proposed me, hey, how about we start doing this business? And I said, yes, I'm in. Why? Because I'm so against pharmaceutical companies. That's my main thing. I, I really want to teach everyone as much as possible that they can have an alternative uh, to all those really bad drugs out there who what which are pretty much legal. But in reality, it's just destroying a lot of lives. And we see it in all throughout the country. The really important thing, let's just be straight up right now. There's a big stigma, and ta- it's it's a taboo industry. This There's a big stigma against things that you guys advocate for on a day-to-day basis. That's why I'm so excited for tomorrow at Bacon Fest. You guys will both be out there inside the actual Bacon Fest area and act- and uh, outside also in the park area at Wet n' Wild. If anybody has any kind of questions, they can walk right up to the booth, ask you questions. But beyond that, for our Minor Talk listeners who might be just at home right now listening to this, whether it be live right now or you know on demand afterwards, listening to it on our podcast form, where can they reach out to you? Where can they reach out for more information? Uh, in terms of uh, you know at the educational component, um, there's a lot of misinformation out there, right? Uh, you, you've got a lot of people, you know, Joe Blow saying, "Hey, this is what this does, and that's what that does." Um, I always try to refer to research, uh, you know, from the National Institute of Health. So if you check out nih.gov. Uh, it is a bit of a lengthy read. However, it is going to give you the sources of where the universities or the scientific journals, wherever it was, uh, it'll give you the sources of, of, of what it's done. And so the NIH.gov is a great resource for reading a lot of research on multiple cannabinoids, not not just CBD or THC, but they cover so many other gamuts of that as well. Um, if you check out our website, um, tryphoenix.com, T-R-Y-F-E-N-I-X.com, we spell Phoenix uh, in Spanish. Uh, we have a blog post there that'll actually uh, cover the different cannabinoids, and you can learn about them there. And you can also find us on Instagram, uh, which is S E E Phoenix. Um, and uh, you know, I personally respond to all the DMs, and so you know, I don't purport to be an expert. However, I do my research, I do my homework, and I most definitely can point you in the right direction. And so, those are some uh, really great sources. Great uh, uh, for doing it, and um, and I think you know a little bit earlier, just to cover like kind of like with CBD and why it's so amazing is that it's a very strong anti-inflammatory, without all those negative side effects that you see that opiates are introducing to people's lives, and so. It's a really amazing opportunity, whether you take it orally, you take it through a bomb or a topical, and you'll most definitely be able to see all these products over at Bacon Fest. Awesome. Edgar, for you, uh, people can stop right into the store, 120 East Red Road. That's a great thing about it. They could stop Correct. by. The coolest part about it is they could stop by. We've got a lot of minor fans. We're also Cowboys fans. Hmm. They could actually stop by, register a chance to win a cowboy, a trip to actually see a Cowboys trip in person at Legacy Wellness Center, 120 East Red Road on the west side. Yes, that is correct. We're very happy to to be, uh, you know, sponsoring that that uh, that 
event or, or sweepstakes, as they're called. Um, especially since I'm I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm glad go. I have that <laughs> in my store. Of course, it's the the, the main thing there right now. So, uh, but yeah, uh, going going to our store will be the best way for someone, especially who does not have any type of knowledge of this industry, because that way they can go somewhere where it's going to be a trusted resource you know with us you know that we are do- constantly doing research every time i'm not an expert too like like jin said it, it, um, we're not experts like that but we know a lot of it and and every time we're learning more and more as as more research becomes available uh as more experiences we do ourselves with the products uh there's there's always that that um uh trust in from me to to the to the client and and if you go to the store you get the CBD experience or, or the cannabis experience where you learn so much, where you get a product that best fits your needs and uh, you leave happy the store. I, I promise you, I don't think I have any angry customers that leave my store. Or they come um, in angry and then they leave happy. That's exactly. <laughs> that, that That's exactly right. Yeah, that too. And, and like John Jin said, uh, there, there are those places on, online where you can do your own research too. Uh, we, we also have a, a webpage, uh, LegacyWellnessCenter.com that we're, we're still going to be developing more and more about that, uh, but we have uh, good plugins there where you can truly find the best possible resources on, on this uh, CBD movement or, or I should say cannabis movement. And, uh, of course, we, we also have social media. Uh, you can DM us as well on Instagram, Facebook, uh, call us at the store. Whatever you, you need, we're there for you always. I love it. Hey, again, we had Edgar, oh, uh, one of the owners of Legacy Wellness Center, who is also Legacy Wellness Center, one of our sponsors for our Golden Nugget Award after every UTEP football game. Young Jin, who stopped by today, founder of Elever Wellness and Phoenix. Great products for CBD. Go check them out. Instagram, Facebook, online as well. Guys, thank you so much for coming by today. We'll see you at Bacon Fest tomorrow. Bacon. For sure. Thank Do it. You. Let's go. Thank you so much for having <laughs> yes. us. Yes. Yeah. All right. We're going to get back to some more phone calls and tweets. Stay with us as Minor Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Closing things out here on Minor Talk. Adrian Bradis, along with Sal Montes. We're presented by the Oscar Adi at the Agency, seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. Go online to OscarAdiAtTheAgency.com. That's where you can learn more for home, auto, and life insurance. Sad UTEP tweets the program, UTEP secondary is still trash. Okay, I'm not going to say the word trash, but man, the secondary uh Got exploited today. I mean, really. Uh, they they allowed 215 passing yards uh, through the air. Patrick had a nice game. 215, two touchdowns for Bethune-Cookman. And uh, he got the big plays he wanted. I mean, UTEP secondary, I'm not saying it's not good, but it's a little suspect right now. Yeah, definitely. At points, um, you saw how they were just being able to take advantage of throughout uh, you know certain points in the game. So you got to give credit to BCU. Also bringing the element of surprise. I don't think the Miners really knew what to expect. That's a reason. However, at the end of the day, it's not an excuse. You know, you, you got to be ready to uh, brush up on some of those mistakes and not get beat in the ways that they did. I mean, Bethune-Cookman also had some chances for some bigger plays if it weren't for a couple of uh, mistimings on their part as well. But nonetheless, though, Adrian, 
that pick is what matters the most. Sure. Barnes sure. and um, you know he he got it when they needed it the most, and I think right after that, I, I can't remember. I'll have to look at the uh, the timeline, but that pick either came after a big touchdown or a touchdown came right after that, or. It might even be in the middle of two touchdowns. It was in the middle of two touchdowns. There we exactly go. right, Sal. So UTEP scored. They went up 24 to 14. Interception by Dennis Barnes, and the Miners capitalized on that turnover, just like you said. Hardison touchdown pass to Justin Garrett from eight yards out. So you're exactly right. Sandwich in between. I mean, that, that pick was a, a huge difference maker by Dennis Barnes. So I'm glad that you mentioned it right there. We're asking people on Twitter right now after two games, how do you feel as a UTEP fan? Are you cautiously optimistic? Do you, are you drinking the Kool-Aid? Are you thinking it's time to go bowling? Are you taking a wait-and-see approach if you're a UTEP fan right now watching this team? Or are you still not convinced? Right now, 35% of the voters out of 173 say cautiously optimistic. We got 28% saying wait-and-see approach. And uh, that's that's how we're kind of dealing with this right now. Robert Ugidi tweets the program, even though this game was closer than it should have been, UTEP can still go 4-1 and one into that Southern Miss game. Mm, interesting thing right there. Old Dominion comes to town as a Conference USA opener to kick things off. I think it's October 4th or 5th. And uh, for that Saturday game, the Miners will take on a team that didn't play in 2020. They have been you know, playing right now. The Monarchs uh, are playing right now. Yeah. But this is a team that you know didn't play a fall uh, season last year. So UTEP could capitalize on somebody uh, early into their conference uh, slate. But this is just an opportunity for them. It, it, you know, As we saw today, nothing is guaranteed for this UTEP football team. As we've seen over the past three years, you cannot expect, you cannot put these higher expectations on. On this team because they'll fall short of those expectations. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, it's like the better that they do, the higher the bar gets raised, but that's what reality is. I mean, the better that you do, the more people are going to expect from you. So I understand that. And as far as the uh, Old Dominion game goes, October 2nd, that's the homecoming game as well. So a lot riding on that. And that's just one of uh, many games that the Miners have a chance to capitalize whatever momentum they have going for them or having a chance to bounce back from whatever game um, that was bad for them. I think we have a split um, divide right now among our listeners. Okay. Some favor the offense. Some favor the defense. And and then they have like conflicting thoughts on the defense. Like they think, oh, you know, defense needs to get better. Sometimes people are pointing at the offense. Oh, offense passing game needs to get better. It's interesting. We have a mixed combination of, uh, you know, just a mixed bag of people throwing out their opinions on how they think that this team can be a little bit better. I I, I personally think that it could be better on all areas. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the easy cop-out answer, but I really think it can. The secondary could be better because they've got Walter Neal, the Kansas State grad transfer as, as a starting cornerback. You need big games from him. You just had a big performance from uh, Davion Inyang and Dennis Barnes in the secondary, but you also need guys like Josh Caldwell to step up a little bit more. I know they're playing Torrey Richardson a lot more at cornerback. That's somebody who I want to see get better over the, the course of this season. I really like the performance today for from uh, Tavita Tafuna, the oh, defensive man. lineman for the Miners, who filled in the Keenan, uh, the, the excuse me, the Kelton Moss role uh, today. By the way, Keenan Stewart, Ooh. what a game. Yep. A sack in this one. A couple you know, he was getting after it and praise 
Mayhule had a pretty nice game. You know, I, for Praise, it's tough because he's got a target on him. Offensive lines are starting to double on him. They throw their best uh, tackle or guard, whatever it may be, on Praise Mayhule. So it's a little difficult for him to get kind of kicked off right now. I know he wants to get sacks. He wants to get quarterback hurries. He had a tackle for loss in this game. So uh, I would chalk this up as a plus for him. But yeah. I think the defensive line, just in terms of pressure, I think they could also take a step forward when we're talking about this team. When we're talking about the offense, um, the, the line needs to clean up all those penalties. We saw way too many holding penalties, uh, just some early you know, miscommunication errors from that offensive line. That, those are some things that just need to be cleaned up as well. When we're talking about the wide receivers, um, I, I really liked their performance last week from Justin Garrett, Jacob Cowing. This week, you know, I, we saw some inconsistencies at points. And uh, seven targets for Jacob Cowing, just two catches. And this one, he was quiet after having a spectacular opening performance. I bet he cleans it up right away. I don't, I'm not worrying at all for Jacob Cowing. I'm not worried about this ground game either despite not having uh, Dion Hankins on the ground, who last week was probably the best player on the field when he played in the first half until he was exit, he exited in the second half. He was phenomenal. But this week, you saw a mixed bag of running backs. You saw Ronald Awad on the ground. You saw Willie Eldridge on the ground. Also, Ray Flores, who, who sprinkled in some nice uh, carries in this game. I liked kind of the running back by committee setup that UTEP football had in this one. And I think that's why uh, they were so successful running the ball. 289 yards on the ground. I, I think that the running game is one of those only areas where I'm like, man, how much better can you get? I mean, are you trying to get like multiple touchdowns every game? Are you trying to, uh, I, I mean, I, I feel like the running back group is is really playing at a, a really nice level right now. I really like what they're doing. 880-5763, telephone number to get into the program. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and online at 600ESPNElPaso.com, where we'll have a recap up on the website. We'll also have some photos. Uh, again, I want to shout out uh, Aaron Jones, Quentin Demps, Alvin Jones, celebrities who are on the sidelines today. That was pretty cool to see. Um, and, and, of course, whenever we get the chance to see Showtime uh, come back to his alma mater, that's always a cool thing as well. You got a, you got a chance to see. Uh, I'm laughing because it was funny just to see UTEP football players kind of go up to him with, with starry eyes during the game. It was like it wasn't even a, a drop-off uh, at any point. It was actually like during the game. They were going up to Aaron Jones and just, uh, you know, shaking his hand and stuff like that. I, I really like that from some of the UTEP football players. And it's so funny because even near the end of the uh, broadcast, somewhere like a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter, you could hear this this kid just yelling out, Aaron! Aaron! Oh, that's Aaron really? Jones right there, Aaron! That is great. Uh, Are you serious? Oh, yeah, I got to try to pull up that clip, but it was hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, Sal, we got some awards to hand out. That's what I'm excited about today. I'm excited, too. Let's do it. Uh, Let's start off with our Golden Nugget Award. This is brought to you by uh, Legacy Wellness CBD. Uh, This is um, one of the ones that we want to highlight right right off the bat, the Golden Nugget Award. It's going to Dennis Barnes. He led the way defensively today. Five total tackles, an interception that was pretty much a game saver in the second half. Dennis Barnes wins our Golden Nugget Award for his UTEP performance tonight. Patrick to throw, rolls right, throws it, and it's intercepted. Dennis Barnes, 40, 50, near side at the 40. Barnes is hit from behind and goes down at the 37. First interception of the year. 
Nice. First interception of the year for Dennis Barnes, Mm -hmm. two-way player for the Miners, and he is our Golden Nugget Award uh, uh, recipient. And this is brought to you by Legacy Wellness Center CBD. Did you know three out of every ten people interested in CBD are looking for something to help with anxiety, help with sleep? We trust our friends like Legacy Wellness Center. They've got a great selection of CBD and Delta 8 products, affordable, and they get the best quality products. They are a family-owned and operated Legacy Wellness Center. They'll meet with you at their store, and they'll find the best product for you. Give them a try. It's 120 East Red Road on the west side, or you could visit them at the Sun City Bacon Fest. That's coming tomorrow as well, and you can learn more online at LegacyWellnessCenter.com. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Now let's get to our Oscar Arrieta Agency drive of the game. This one is, again, presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. We're talking about one of our favorite drives of this one. I'm going back to that UTEP drive where they had the nice 52-yard pass to Tyron Smith. There was 10 separate runs on this drive. And then it was a third and goal at the six-yard line. Gavin Hardison had to make a play happen. Everybody expected a run. Instead, Gavin Hardison pulls back, and this is what happens. Motion by Tyron Smith, hardest to throw, looking left, looking, he lofts it toward the left corner of the end zone, a diving try, and it is caught. Jacob Cowing, touchdown, Miners! The drive of the game is brought to you by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Again, seven locations across El Paso, and when it comes to any type of insurance, there's only one insurance agent that I trust. It's the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Give them a call. Four hundred six thousand. They'll get started on a free, no obligation policy for you and your family, or visit them online at the OscarArietaAgency.com. Turning the page, looking over to Friday. We'll be right back in action. Sal Montes in studio. I'll be in studio. We'll be watching this game live on TV. We'll listen to it uh, on a KLAQ. Remember, it will be on our sister station, KLAQ, and then we'll have minor talk following the broadcast right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. But Sal, yeah. looking at that Boise game. Big one for the Miners. Yeah, definitely. A pair of uh, former conference foes out in the WAC also share the same colors. Okay, we got that out of the way, all the cliches. But nonetheless, though, Miners feeling good about themselves. But uh, Boise State trying to get some redemption as well. Um, I, I'm, I can't remember the name of the quarterback. I texted it to you as well. but Bachmeyer. Bachmeyer, yeah. He, he had a big, big play um, that he basically screwed up, for lack of a better phrase. And uh, he's going to want to redeem himself out there on Friday night. He's also at home home he, he knows that his team is a lot better than what they displayed they basically gave that game away as well um, but nonetheless though the miners going into this one 2-0 for the first time in a very long time as well should be a good one and uh, really quickly before we move on I definitely uh, want to reiterate your point about the games being on 95.5 KLAQ we've had a couple of callers who say that they missed the game uh, they missed the call and they were looking all over but definitely you could check out 600espnelpaso.com we'll give you all the latest there but utepminers.com as well if you click on the schedule for the football team it'll show you uh, what time the game is if the game's going to be on radio and where it's going to be at or where the game will be on radio and if it's on tv and which station it'll be so all the way up until october 9th is uh when we'll be on klaq so october 9th is when we're back on 600 espn el paso uh airing the utep football game i'm glad you you uh mentioned that sal and uh, a lot of people were like hey i'm on klaq.com i'm on the klaq 
app. I can't listen to it. Well, all you have to do is go to the utepminers.com or the utepminers app. That's where you can hear it streamed if you're trying the online preference. If you're going on the radio, it's 95.5 KLAQ. Easy enough. And that's where you'll hear the voice of the miners, John Teicher. You'll hear uh, Mondo the Monster Medina. You'll hear Mike Perez. That They'll uh, call all the action for you on KLAQ. And then we'll bring Miner Talk following the broadcast right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. Um, also, want to mention one more thing, programming note. If you miss any of Miner Talk, visit our Miner Talk podcast channel. Like it. Subscribe to it. Give it a review. We would really, really appreciate that. We launched that last week. Check it out. Miner Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, you name it, you could, you could find us on your podcast channel and listen to week one last week, listen to week two this week, and uh, we'll, ha- we'll be with you this whole season for UTEP football and basketball. That's the cool part, Sal. Oh, yeah. As soon as football season is done, we're back at it, and it's the Coach Golden Era. Oh, that's right. We're launching the Coach Golden Era. I like it, Sal. But, hey, this is how we're going to wrap things up here on the show. What, what, what? I, I got uh, you. I got you. I, I got you, man. So, you know how this is the Golden Nugget? Well, it'll be the Golden Nugget. I love it. Legacy Wellness will love that, too. They'll appreciate that one right there. Hey, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus. We're wrapping up 10 minutes to 1 o'clock here in the morning. UTEP defeats Bethune-Cookman 38-28. to They improved to 2-0 and on the season and take on Boise State on Friday. Thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar at the Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. been listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Pick up a clear bag at any one of their seven locations across El Paso. If you missed any of Minor Talk, listen to the show on demand by downloading Minor Talk wherever you get your podcasts.